0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, get an update on how Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, how his meeting went with the Raiders on Friday. Plus, get a little bit of an insight from an NFL draft guy about a dude who I thought was flying under the radar. Not so much anymore. We'll tell you about that. Plus, of course, your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on a pretty busy Monday, April 10th, 2023.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Just win. You ought to win as a Raider, pillaging just for fun.
2: He'll knock you around.
0: And welcome in Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And if you are checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate that. Appreciate you subscribing. The show has been and the page has been growing in a major way, but we definitely want to shout out my guy Ari at Ari Producers on Twitter. He makes sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. Does a great job. Today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who could take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month, and we'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But let's go ahead and get into the news and notes of the day. And it's funny, well, just really the news and notes collected over the weekend, it wasn't a whole lot. It's getting a little bit quiet as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, which is now 17 days away from getting kicked off in Kansas City. Excited about the opportunity to be there and, of course, provide all the sights and sounds of what's going on at the draft and a draft that I think is very important for the Raiders. And uh, hopefully, before we even get into that, hopefully you had a really good uh, Easter weekend with your family and friends and whatever the case may be. But hopefully you were able to get a little R&R and enjoy that. But again, the draft is 17 days away, and really it feels like anything is on the table for the Raiders. They could stay there at seven. They could pick the best defensive player. Uh, they could trade back and try to collect a couple extra picks. They could trade up and maybe go get a quarterback. I really honestly feel like at this stage of the game, everything is still On the table. With that being said, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN was talking about Anthony Richardson and the meeting that he had on Friday with the Silver and Black. He was actually at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, put him up on the whiteboard, obviously got to know him a little bit more and just kind of really pick his football brain. And so he was on uh, SportsCenter and he was saying that he was told that uh, Richardson was in the building in Vegas. They went and probably had a sensible meal, a nice dinner with the Raiders brass. And then he went on to say that they put him on the big board to work out plays, test his mental approach to the game. I'm told the meeting by all accounts went very well. He also goes on to say the Raiders are looking hard at all the quarterbacks, but they have a lot of needs, as I was told, so they're not going to stretch the issue too much and just sell out for a quarterback just yet. We'll see if it happens to be the right opportunity. We'll see what happens. Again, that's Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, and I actually got an opportunity to talk to him at the owners' meetings just a couple weeks ago in Phoenix, Arizona, And, you know, that's something that's been kind of a recurring theme that we've been talking about here on the show is that if it wasn't, you know, the quarterback that they really wanted, the really coveted, like a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, that was according to Todd McShay, they weren't going to, you know, mortgage the future for just a quarterback if it wasn't one that they're in love with. And that makes, obviously, all the sense in the world and from everything that we're hearing, it was C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Those are the top two. So maybe they will try to trade up if one of those guys happens to be there at number three. I doubt that one of those guys is there at number three. But it's the NFL draft, and you never know how things could go. And as a matter of fact, sticking with the quarterback theme, how about this little nugget drop from James Palmer from the NFL Network? He dropped this on Friday, and it really caught my attention. He said, plenty of NFL teams have Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker ranked as their third quarterback prospect in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft. He said, there is a gap between the top two and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Then Hooker slides between them and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Hendon Hooker reportedly visit with the Raiders, Lions, Buccaneers this upcoming week. He's already met with the Titans, Packers, Saints, and Commanders. He threw 58 touchdowns to only five interceptions the past two seasons with 6,080 passing yards for one Hendon Hooker. And I'm a little shocked by that. Not because he's a really good quarterback, because we know he's a really good quarterback. But I'm really shocked that, uh, according to reports from James Palmer, that teams have him now ranked as their third highest quarterback. Now, if he was healthy, I could totally see it. Right, but but he's not right. He's coming off the torn ACL, and a lot of teams are going to need quarterbacks to get into the mix immediately. So uh, we know that the Raiders don't need a quarterback to get into the mix immediately because they have Jimmy G, but. I'm kind of surprised that, that teams are sliding Hendon Hooker into that number three spot. And really, it's been real quiet on the whole Will Levis conversation, right? I mean, it seems like he had a lot of conversation. There was a lot of people calling into the podcast saying, go get Will Levis. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. And look, he still might be the guy, but it just seems like there's been a lot of steam come out of that uh, that train that was the Will Levis, uh, you know, m- maybe being the the top overall pick, the best quarterback in the draft. I mean, there's been a lot of those conversations. All of a sudden, it just seems like it's real quiet on the front when it comes to Will Levis. But uh interesting nugget right there. Hendon Hooker slid, slid in between C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and then obviously there's a gap. Hendon Hooker's there. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are behind him. So uh, number three quarterback now, Hendon Hooker, but he will be visiting with the Raiders this week at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So I'll definitely update you on that when that meeting happens and how it goes. And I I know there's a lot of Raider fans, including myself, who like Hendon Hooker a lot, and I hated it when he tore his ACL. Man, I still remember that game in late December, uh, watching that and all of a sudden seeing him tear that ACL and knowing it was a torn ACL. As soon as he hit the ground, I was just like, oh, man, that's terrible. That was a guy I thought was going to have an opportunity to be in New York and be a Heisman Trophy finalist, obviously that did not happen. So I'll update you on all the quarterbacks as we continue to get more information. But, of course, they're going to be the headliners. But there's a lot of really good players in this upcoming draft that we'll talk about as well. Also, final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. little news and notes here. uh, I've been invited to be on the Kay Adams show again. So, uh, yeah, this is pretty exciting. I, I was on her show uh, I think, what, a couple weeks into the regular season. And you remember she used to be on NFL Network on uh, Good Morning Football. Now she's got her own show, Up and Adams on FanDuel TV. So actually this morning, depending on what time you're listening to this, at 8.10 a.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be on the Up and Adams show talking all things uh, uh, Raiders draft with Kay Adams. So no pressure there, right? <laughs> no pressure. Just get it right, dummy. What are they going to do at number seven? Who knows? Right? I mean, so many things, as I mentioned at the top of the show, are up in the, up in for discussion, right? I mean, they can go so many different directions. They could trade up and get a quarterback. They could trade back, collect picks like I did uh, in the locked on uh, mock draft that we did uh, last week, late last week. Matter of fact, I found out that that draft is actually going to drop. Those episodes are going to drop like the week before the draft, So you can look forward to that. I have not let the cat out of the bag yet on who I selected for the silver and black, but I did say that I traded back to number 10, picked up another second round pick and a pick in 2024 as well. So I thought I did a pretty good job with that. But uh yeah, this morning, 810 a.m. FanDuel TV. It's 324 on my TV. I don't know what uh, channel it would be on your TV, but uh, that's where it's at at mine. And if the interview goes really good, which I believe it will, it went really well last time I was on it. I'll probably have it on the podcast coming up tomorrow. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. little news and notes here on this Monday. Coming up in segment number two, uh, going to hear from a guy from NFL Network. Matter of fact, Charles Davis, my guy. I had him on my radio show on Friday, and uh, I asked him about a player that was flying under the radar, and he let me know off top, queue he's not flying under the radar anymore. So we'll tell you about him coming up in segment number two, talk about him, and talk about how I'd like to see the Raiders go and get this guy. Uh, we'll do that all in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Better Help. And there's a lot of things that I don't know. There's one thing that I do know that life does not come with an instruction manual, right? I mean, we just kind of, I don't wanna say flying by the seat of our pants, but we learn stuff new all the time and there's trials and tribulations there's ups and downs and there's sometimes there's there's things that you're going through and you just don't quite know exactly what you need to do and this is where better help could come in because sometimes you just need someone to talk it out with sometimes it's just That simple. Well, BetterHelp has been there and is there for a lot of different people to help them through any kind of situation that, you know, any kind of curveball that life may throw at them. And again, life will throw you a bunch of curveballs. Are you able to hit them or not? That's always, uh, you know, that's always the question. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. All you got to do is discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Again, if you thought about starting therapy, giving therapy a try, maybe it's something that you you know want to try because, like I said, you just need someone to talk to and feel like that you know talking things out is going to help you. Again, BetterHelp is there for you. Betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on.
1: Every day. All right,
0: Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into a little uh, NFL draft conversation. And, of course, I had that Locked On mock draft that we did late last week, Thursday, as a matter of fact. And, you know, I I said it on Friday's show that all of a sudden, uh, you know, the pressure was on, right? It got to got to number seven. And I had a few different options of what direction I can go and then decided to ultimately trade back. And I was able to trade back to number 10 with the Eagles, Uh, the Eagles. Uh, traded up and went and got um Jalen Carter right and I, I believe I said that on on a Friday show but maybe I didn't so maybe I let maybe I let that one go I'm not gonna tell you who I selected I ended up picking at number ten but what I was trying to do and I didn't do it right i uh, I really kind of kind of blew it, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I had an opportunity to trade back again, and I didn't uh, because I kind of already led on to who I was going to take there at number 10. So the Tennessee Titans at number 11 decided, nah, we're just going to go ahead and stay there and feel pretty good that you're not going to pick the player that we are looking at. But what I was really trying to do was trade back a few times to the point where I felt comfortable to take Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Mississippi State. 14 career interceptions, six pick sixes, six foot one, and about 166 pounds. Now, at his pro day uh, and at the combine, I believe he, he weighed about 170, which is still very light, right? I mean, again, he's got the, the length, six one, but he just doesn't have the weight. But that is the guy that I've really been focusing on. And I know that the Raiders need all kind of defensive help, but what they really, really need is guys that make plays. I've been saying it for the longest time. Uh, I know that they need defensive line help. I'd be comfortable with them going and getting a defensive lineman at, at pick number seven, if that's the case. But I also would love to see either Emmanuel Forbes dropped around two, or maybe even the Raiders trade back into the back end of round one and pick him up. Because as Charles Davis, and you'll hear him in just a second, say he's not flying under the radar anymore. So Charles Davis, really good dude. I talk to him every single year uh, at the draft. I'll see him this year in Kansas City. Uh, Excited to talk to him. Saw him at the Combine. And anyway, started this conversation on Friday as I had him on my radio show on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, and got to the point about Emmanuel Forbes. And I said, hey, man, this guy was flying underneath the radar. Uh, What can you tell me about Emmanuel Forbes? This is what Charles Davis had to say about him. You'll also hear a follow-up from me as well.
3: Yeah, and, and and by the way, you can forget flying under the radar. That's over. Yes, okay? exactly. That's done. That's done. Radar is, has, 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 has hit. If we were watching Maverick Top Gun, they hit missile lock. Okay, <laughs> they're on it. Yeah. 166 at the combine with 170 at his pro day. It's one of those ones that you're just trying to scratch your head, and I start going through my head. Who are the littlest DBs in terms of weight that made the league and played well? that I didn't have to worry about. Nikkel Roby Coleman comes to mind. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay? But he was but Forbes is taller, leaner. All right. Nikkel Roby Coleman, I think, weighed more. Jason Verrett out of TCU comes to mind. He weighed more Mm. by almost 15 pounds. Right. Okay? Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech who the Raiders trying to figure out, is he an inside guy, is he an outside guy? He's an outside guy, but he looks like an inside guy. Right? Right? So that's the problem. But the production of Forbes, 14 career picks, six of them returned for touchdowns. Go back and look at Amik Robertson's production at Louisiana Tech. It's very similar. Mm. And I'm big on guys who produce. A Jimmy Moreland who came out of James Madison, not a full-time starter, but found a niche in this league. I think he had 16, 17 interceptions in college. Kevin Byard at Middle Tennessee State, 19 interceptions. It translates. Mm. I had a scout tell me this a long time ago, Alonzo Heisman. He called a home run hitter theory. If the little guy hits – if the little guy is producing at a certain level, trace his history. He probably produced at the lower level, and he's got a good chance producing at the upper level. To me, that's
0: Emmanuel Forbes. I like him. I like him a lot, and uh, I keep wishing that he's going to drop to round two, but I don't see that happening with all the the production. I I think
3: someone's going to take a shot, even though he weighs 166, 170. When you watch him on tape, he doesn't turn down anything in the run game. Right. Okay. He, he, you know, he's not what he's not. He's not even really a cut tackler. He's much more of a wrap up, try and get into the chest type of a tackler, even at 170. And another highly rated corner who's like that is uh, Devon Witherspoon, mm. Devin Witherspoon, mm-hmm. who, yep. who who weighs, I think, 181, maybe. but watch his tapes and see if he doesn't stroke guys because he does
0: so there you go Charles Davis greatness I mean he's really good at breaking down all these players and does a fantastic job on NFL Network does a fantastic job on CBS Sports as well as he's on the call for a lot of games on Sundays or whatever the day is he's he's on it right I mean he's just a good football mind so it's always great to catch up with him but you heard him right there Q Emmanuel Forbes isn't flying under the radar so many people are now talking about him because of that production you just can't you can't teach that production. Either you got it or you don't. And the Raiders need a guy like that. They have not had a dude that has gone out there and just made plays like that in a very long time. I couldn't tell you the last guy that they drafted or even had on the team that was a playmaker like that. I mean, I want to say, you know, Charles Woodson was the guy that they, they drafted, obviously, and he, he had plenty of production in college at Michigan on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. But I would think that they drafted someone else. I know Namdi pops in my mind, but Namdi wasn't even a guy that made a bunch of plays on the ball. I mean, remember, Namdi didn't even get his first interception for a few years in the NFL. I remember wondering, is Namdi ever going to get an interception? Then he had that interception against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't remember what week it was, but his first career interception, I believe, was against the Bengals. And then he went on to have, what, eight that year? And it's funny, he had eight his first year ever getting an interception in the league at eight. And then, obviously, a lot of the league stopped throwing at him. You know Namdi ended his career with 15 career interceptions? So he had eight. The first time he ever got his hands on the ball, he got eight that year. And then he only had seven more the rest of his career. Obviously, his, his career kind of took a, a, a sharp turn when he went to Philadelphia, and then he ended his career in San Francisco. But, I mean, obviously, his best years were with the Silver and Black. But outside of that, even if you want to throw Namdi in there, the Raiders haven't had that guy. And so that's why I really have been – you know, harping on the fact that they need some dudes. I like Nate Hobbs a lot. I want to see how he bounces back this upcoming year, but they've got to have some playmakers. Emmanuel Forbes is exactly that. So I would love to see the Raiders find a way to make a move for him. And also, I don't know if you noticed what Charles Davis had to say there at the end, another guy who plays like Emmanuel Forbes, but is going to obviously go a lot higher. Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. Another guy I've been talking about quite a bit. Could you imagine somehow, some way they end up with both of those guys? (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, again, and, and I'm, I know I'm being greedy and I know there's other part, parts of the team that needs addressing the interior of the defensive line, the defensive tackle. I would think that another edge rusher is needed as well to, you know, kind of spell Chandler Jones, also give Max Crosby a break and maybe even be a better guy. That's a book book and as, as opposed to Chandler Jones. But I'll tell you right now. With all those draft picks, all that draft capital that Dave Ziegler has, if he found a way to work his magic and come out of uh, April 27th with both Emmanuel Forbes and Devin Witherspoon, could you imagine how good that secondary could be? And then, hey, go address all the defensive line help that you need so you make it a lot easier on the cornerbacks. But if you have some sticky guys like that, I mean, that's almost like having, what, Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes again? And I don't want to put that much on them. Obviously, those guys are Hall of Famers. Lester Hayes should be a Hall of Famer. Mike Haynes is a Hall of Famer. But... I mean, that would be some homegrown dudes. That would be in that image again. I would get so fired up to see that. Or even more more recently, how about how about Charles Woodson and Eric Allen? Remember how good those that duo was together? I'd be for that. I'm good with that, <laughs> right? That would be awesome. You know, I, I would have no problem. It, let's see, who else could you go back to? Uh, Albert Lewis and uh, Terry McDaniel. Remember those two? That, that duo was pretty good. I remember the end of Terry McDaniel as well. That's when I knew Charles Woodson was needed, right? Because you could tell that those guys were getting older and that they needed uh, some fresh blood in there, and that's when the Raiders went and got Charles Woodson. But man, if the Raiders could find a way to come out with Witherspoon and Forbes, I told you before, I'm not a gymnast. I can't do a backflip, but I might find a way to do a backflip if they can come out of the draft with those two cats. That would be a start to a really good defense. You have Max Crosby already. Channel Jones, I mean, that's kind of. A, I think it's a bonus. Whatever you get out of them, I don't expect a whole lot. But you got to get someone in the interior as well that can help collapse that pocket. So uh, I don't know how you do it. That's not my job. I mean, I'm in my mind. I'm trying to think of it, right? I'm trying to come up with a solution that makes it work and make it make sense on paper. But man, if that could happen, that if you're watching on YouTube, you see I got a big smile on my face right now. That would be. Awesome. And then you have plenty of time to address other needs. So I uh, thought that that was an interesting little nugget from Charles Davis. Wanted to bring that to the table and also uh, bring the conversation about Emanuel Forbes. And again, the write up on him, uh, just in case you're just now uh, hearing about him. His stock has been red hot since coming out of high school as one of the country's best cornerback recruits, picking off five passes his freshman season. Remember this about Emanuel Forbes. He's been a starter in Mississippi State since he was a freshman. I, did a, I had an interview on my radio show with a guy that covers Mississippi State, and he was like, man, that guy stepped in, and he just knew the role. I mean, he's obviously learned on the fly as well, but he just knew his part, and he's been a starter since he was a freshman in college. 14 career interceptions, 20 pass deflections, and an FBS record, six career pick sixes. He possesses arguably the most important trait a defensive back can have which is ball skills and a knack for the end zone. Despite a loaded cornerback class, teams are coming around on his profile. Forbes is finding his way into the top 20 pick in recent mock drafts. And that's the other thing that Charles Davis said about Forbes as we wrap this up in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. He's not scared to hit. He's not scared to come and lay the wood either. He's not running. He's not ducking away from any contact, right? He's not just a guy that can cover and try to make a play on the ball. He's going to come up and, and, and lay some wood on you too. And at 166, 170 at the most, that's pretty impressive. Right? A guy that's not afraid to mix it up. So not only does he have ball skills, but he's gonna mix it up in there and go and go make the tackle as well, which again goes back to Namdi. And I know Namdi was bigger than Forbes, but that's what Namdi did, right? I mean, when they didn't throw his way, what did he do? He went up there and made tackles. He was not afraid to go hit. So uh, I'm really impressed with Forbes and uh, would love to see the Raiders come away with a way to get him <laughs> on, uh, on their team. I think he would be a huge addition to the silver and black defense. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked Down Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, what's on your mind? Your calls, your texts, even a couple tweets. We'll get to those after we tell you about fan duel. Grand Slams. No hitters, double plays, they're all back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. I mean, Aaron Judge, boom. Hitting homers, pitchers, throwing strikeouts, throwing no-hitters, whatever the case may be, right? FanDuel has got you covered. Don't miss your chance to get no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls, your texts, even a couple tweets we'll get to on today's show. 707-654-4693. And, of course, you can always tweet me, at your boy Q254. Matter of fact, we'll start out with a tweet from my guy, Jonathan Crane, at JCRaider08. He says, Q. Ever since hearing about Emmanuel Forbes on the pod, I've been looking at film and I really want this guy. His nose for finding the football is amazing. Plus, even though he's a toothpick, he's a solid tackler. Get him with Deuce Gruden and Crosby and put a little muscle on and sky's the limit. How about we get Gonzalez or Witherspoon at seven, then use some of the extra draft picks to move up and get Forbes too. Can you imagine what those guys could do for the defense? A defense that would make Seawood proud. That's from Jonathan Crane at J.C. Raider 08. And, of course, I had to start segment number three with that because I just talked about that in segment number two, right? And I'm with you 100%. If they could come away with Gonzalez, Witherspoon, and uh, and and, uh, and Forbes, man, I'm trying to tell you, skies would be the limit for that defense. That would be a great start to turn in that defense around but uh thank you so much for that tweet my man and clearly we think alike and i do appreciate you uh up next i got a call from s raider in the 916 at sacramento california he's calling to talk about jimmy g the draft and actually has some positive thoughts here here he is s raider in the 916
2: what's going on q this is s raider from the 916 i just want to put my thoughts about the whole patriot signing and all that opinion everybody has honestly the main thing about jimmy g i'm excited for Jacoby. i think Jacoby is going to make a good impact on the offense. And with Jimmy, it's a hot take, and you might call me crazy, but I think he has a full, healthy season. I don't know if you've noticed, but all the Niners quarterbacks get injured so often. And I talk about this with my friend all the time because he's a Niners fan. Is it is it the playbook? Is it the, the play designs? Is it just the NFC, how they play, or whatever that may be? Or is it just the Niners system? Because how is it in one season your starter, your backup, your third string, and your fourth string quarterback Get injured. And to me, I feel like Jimmy's going to have a good season. He's going to have a healthy season. He's going to show that, you know, we're going to have like a winning record, 10 to 7, maybe even playoffs. Um, and then about the draft, honestly, I think we just sit at 7. We get the best player available and build from there. Um, maybe trade down to get more picks, but honestly, just get a stud at 7. You know, sign out and then make him a starter. Um, because yeah, Max is the only good player on defense. He's the only best one there. And about Hobbs, honestly, I think he's gonna be a stud once he once he has a full healthy season and the improvement he's gonna make. I think he's gonna be a top one in the league soon. Just a hot take. You might call me crazy. I know. All right, it's just you know, just gotta manifest these things. Uh, sorry for the long call, queue. Oh baby, hope you're doing well. Hope the nation's doing well. And I'm excited for the season. Just win,
0: baby. Thank you for the call, my man. You bring up a good point. And it's funny. I've talked to plenty of 49er fans about exactly what you said. And Kyle Shanahan, he just has a knack for getting quarterbacks hurt, or at least it seems like it, right? It seems like every quarterback that plays under Kyle Shanahan finds some way to get hurt. It's really strange. And I'm, I'm assuming that it has nothing to do with him. But at the same time, it does feel like he's got a little something, something to do with it. I remember there was one time when uh, even Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, uh, who's obviously covers the Raiders, I forget where we were at. Maybe it was being at Allegiant Stadium. I think it was that game, that, that, uh, that New Year's Day game against the 49ers, and we were sitting there talking before we went into the locker room, and he said Kyle Shanahan's going to get somebody hurt. And I think it was Brock Purdy he was talking about. Yeah, he's going to get that, that quarterback hurt. I, I want to say that that was Paul that I talked to about. So you bring up a good point, right? I mean, that's just something that seems like it's, it's a common theme when it comes to 49ers and, and their quarterbacks. Now, who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy G, right? Only time will tell. Uh, but you would hope that he stays healthy all season long. But just again, his track history doesn't say he will. So uh, that's what my big concern is this upcoming season. I think that they have on offense, especially they have the weapons to have a good team. But one, you got to keep Jimmy G healthy, and two, you got to have a defense that's worth assault, or actually a lot better than worth assault to be a good team. So we'll see what they do. Uh, the draft 17 days away from today. At least the first round is 17 days away. Next up, got a text from Southern Indiana Raider. It says, hey Q, Southern Indiana Raider here. I've been listening to the pod for the last few days, and I'm officially torn on what I'd like to see the team do at 7. I'm starting to lean towards Richardson, maybe moving up if necessary. I still like the idea of a shutdown corner after watching old Lester Hayes stuff. On another note, I'm wondering about all the complaining going on about the expatriates. I guess we should continue with the way it's always been done and expect a different result. I, for one, am tired of not only losing but looking like a clown show every single game let's give this a few seasons and see what happens at southern indiana raider thank you so much for that uh text and you know the thing about it is it's okay to be torn at number seven i think that everything as i started the show off is still up for grabs like there's so many different directions the team can go it's exciting it's nerve-wracking it's fun you know what i mean there's so many different ways to look at it and of course the the draft is still at the end of the day even if you're a team that drafts really well it's still a crap shoot and unfortunately for the Raiders, they haven't drafted very well at all in the past, I don't know, long time, <laughs> right? And I know it has nothing to do with this staff, but it just, it's just a, the, the reality of it. When it comes to the Raiders and their drafting, they have not done well. That's something that's got to change, something Dave Ziegler wants to change, but it all starts with him. He's got to get it done. They've got to pick the right guys. Now, as far as you know, bringing in guys that are familiar with the, the team and the Patriot guys, and I've said it so many times, I can care less. Right. If you bring in a bunch of guys that you're familiar with that that believe like you and think like you and you don't have to convince them that this is the way you need to do it. They just know that that's the way to do it. Great. That means you should have an upper hand on where you're at. Right. So there shouldn't be any excuses. I think that letting them bring in all the guys that they want to bring in and, and doing it the way building it the way that they want to. I think it's better for Raider Nation because now there's less excuses. All right, well, hey, these are your guys. You brought them in. You signed them. You drafted them. All right, now you've got to go win with them. And if they don't, well, then, okay, all eyes and all attention points back to the staff. Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, Pat Graham, you know, and and to question Josh McDaniels as a head coach is fair because he hasn't proven it yet. You know, Dave Ziegler's. this is his first opportunity to get to be a GM. I've, I've heard great things about him. My conversations with him has been great. I think that he's going to get it right. But until we see it, we just don't know. But, I mean, Pat Graham, he's got to prove that he could be a really good defensive coordinator, right? I mean, he, he can complain all he wants, and uh, he didn't do this, but he could, and say, hey, I don't have the right guys on defense to get it done. Okay, well, now they're going to go out there and get you the guys that you want. Now you've got to go make it happen. So, you know, if you if you go to the store and you buy the groceries, well, you got to get to the house and get to the kitchen and, and, and cook up a meal. Right. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, only thing we can do is sit back, watch how it works and see if it does work at the end of the day. That's all we can do. So that's why I'm not, you know, high or low on on any of the moves that they're making, because, I mean, what's it going to do? We've got to see. Let it play out. So I could appreciate that that take that you have. Southern Indiana Raider. Appreciate you. Uh, up next, I got a call from Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about the offseason and the fact that it's a little quiet right now. Something exciting he feels like could be going on. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon.
1: Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. Hey, man, I wanted to call in and just uh, kind of point out uh, something I noticed and just a little bit of a lack of excitement from Raider Nation right now. And, and you got some people that are, again, you know, all uh, pro what McDaniels and Z- Ziegler are doing, and then, you know, some that are just not willing to let it play out. And, and I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I really do want to see it play out and see how they do with this draft is huge for them. But I also want to point out, I think there's like the first off season in a long time that there hasn't been like some big ticket, um you know, narrative to be excited about whether it was, even if you go back to like acquiring like uh a B during that off season. And uh, even, you know, having those three first round picks during the 19 off season. And then, you know, even to last year, we, already right now. I'd like a level of excitement with the Devontae Adams acquisition and then also uh, Chandler Jones. It was like holy crap, we've got everything we need and I think this is the first time in a while that the, the Raiders uh, front office hasn't had like some big um, breaking news like I guess kind of situation going on and I think I saw Vinnie point out how many uh, free agents they'd added and it was somewhere along the lines of 16 or so and I see a lot of people disappointed. I've read articles like, man, Raiders are failing this this free agency. Like, they're rebuilding the team. But, you know, I kind of look at it as like, hey, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, really, I mean, they're filling a lot of depth at a lot of positions. And, you know, it's one way to think like, oh, we got to go grab that all-star piece, uh, whether it be a quarterback or like the big-name defender you know, like a Chandler Jones of last year. Like, we thought we had things fixed. And it's another thing to go spread the money out and, like, acquire a lot of players. And, you know, like, that's a big number of players that they've been able to acquire that all, you know, could be upgrades in a sense and could be borderline starters, if not starters, on on at least a handful of those guys. And so I'm pretty excited about the direction they're going. I like the, uh I guess you could call it, like, non-aggressive big name approach and and going for like more uh quantity instead of quality. I like this approach and I think it opens it up to where you have more of like a just a a filled out roster versus like a, a few big names that everybody's counting on. And so so far pretty stoked and also I saw the report on if it wasn't shroud or uh young that they're they're not looking Um, at the other quarterbacks, quite a serious in the draft. I'm pretty excited about that. And so I want to get your take, You, I mean, I know you've talked about all these guys, but I'll ask one more time, what defensive player would you take first? Peace out, bro.
0: Jordan, thanks for the call, my man. And, you know, it's okay for me, as far as I'm concerned, to have a quiet offseason, right? When you have the big, loud uh, offseason and you make all the big signings and this, that, and the other, all of a sudden the expectations, and I'm guilty of it myself, the expectations I had for the Raiders last year were sky high. After they went and got Devontae and got Chandler Jones, oh, man, they just were in the playoffs. This is going to be a team that's going to win 11, 12 games. Josh McDaniels is a better play caller. Oh, here we go, right? Well, that's, that's what I thought. Well, he obviously didn't shake out that way as they only won six games. So, uh, hey, let's, let's, let's see if they do something different, which they're doing. It's not a big, you know, exciting offseason. It's not a whole bunch of great signings. But, you know, l- make all the noise in September and October and November and December and January. You know, make all the noise during the regular season. I'm good with that. It doesn't matter what you do in March and April. It's all about what you do during the regular season. So thank you for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. And we'll get one more text as we close out the show. Uh, Raider Eddie in Denver, he's texting in and said, what's up, Q? I'm hearing mostly about DBs, D-line, and quarterback as we lead up to the draft. I'm a big believer in linebackers. A guy like Jack Campbell to roam the middle of the field with Spillane and Diablo could bring some juice. When I think a good defense is like San Francisco, they always have two studs and middle linebacker. It's not always flashy, but a great middle linebacker could elevate the whole character of the D, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? That's Raider Eddie in Denver, and thanks so much. And yeah, linebacker is a concern as well. They definitely need to upgrade the linebacker position, but I think that for the most part, why you don't hear at least me talking about linebackers is because we're really kind of focused in on the first round. right? I think the linebackers are really second-round guys. I think Jack Campbell is a guy that they like a lot. I think he's a second-round dude, right? I don't think he's a first-round linebacker. But there are some guys that, that could be had. I just don't see too many linebackers going off the board in round one. But, uh, look, make no mistake about it. Every L element, every level of the Raiders' defense needs to be addressed. D-line, linebackers, corners, safeties. I mean, if it's, if it's on defense, it needs to be addressed and upgraded. There's no doubt about that. So you're spot on. And, and that's, that's going to be a big deal. I like Spillane. But Spillane is not very good in coverage. So somehow they've got to be able to, you know, kind of find a guy that can fill that void. Because that Spillane will get you beat. Spillane will make you angry. (laughs) Right? Spillane is not good in coverage at all. Is he a thumper? Absolutely. Is he a really good tackler? Absolutely. But, man, he is not going to cover. He couldn't cover me. (laughs) Right? He couldn't cover me. So uh, that's going to be a problem, especially in the AFC West. So he needs... They need some help in that linebacking room for sure. Diablo, I think this is a big year for him. I'm glad you brought him up because he was injured most of the year last year. And I'm not too sure if he's going to be able to fill that void, right? I don't know if he's going to be able to be that guy. So it's going to be interesting. Of course, they have, you know, some other guys uh, left over from from last season. Guys were undrafted free agents that they still have on the, on the roster. So we'll see how it shakes out and how it plays out. But linebacker definitely needs to be address. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. That's going to do it for today's show. Uh, We'll come back tomorrow. have more news and notes, of course. We'll have more conversation. Uh, We'll have more calls and texts. Tyler in Missouri, I'll get to his call. Uh, I got a text from Nick in the OC. Uh, We'll get to his text as well, plus a whole lot more and uh, who knows what kind of conversation again, uh, I'll be on the up and Adam show with Kay Adams uh, this morning at eight ten Pacific time. So depending on what time you're listening to this, it may already be over or it may be on the way. And if the conversation goes really good, and I do believe it will be really good. I'll have that on the show tomorrow as well. So Raider nation as always, thanks so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. If you're checking us out on YouTube, thanks so much. Appreciate my guy, Ari for making sure we're up on Ari or we're up on <laughs> YouTube and looking good. And, all right, we're up on YouTube. We're up on game. We know what you're all about as well. But appreciate everyone. As always, have a great day. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.